We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the year's first major 2020 PGA Championship picks, bets, preview. We even have Cust coming on to give his picks and his prop bets so we know who not to take. We have to hear that before we actually make our selections. That would only make the most sense. Smash the like button to the episode and in the comment section, you give me your winner to host the Wanamaker Trophy, okay? Also, we need your help with this one. It's a big week for the show, so spread the show around on Twitter, on Facebook, and if you can tell some friends who might be interested in wagering on golf or just hearing about golf and having a laugh, this is the show for them. You tell them about the Pat Mayo Experience. So please subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Leave a five-star rating and maybe a review if you're up to the task for it. You can also play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. You can find the link in the description of this podcast and video. There's only around 1,000 spots remaining as we record this right now, so you might want to go reserve your spot if you want to play in the best rake-free tournament on DraftKings. Schedule, Jeff Feinberg, for the week. I already have the first look show out. My column has already dropped up on DKNation.com, which, again, you can find both in the description of the video and podcast. Tuesday, Rick Gaiman, Ben Raza, DraftKings Millionaire Breakdown, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. Final betting card, the weather, and a live chat with the audience. And then Friday, you and I, sir, will be sitting here in studio, sweating the cut. And if people don't know, it's 156 players this week with regular PGA rules, so top 65 in ties. It's going to be tough to get yourself a 6-6. Six to six. Not going to be like last week. Oh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait for the cut sweats. Hopefully we have guys. I doubt I'll be as, it would be hard pressed for me to be as happy during that cut sweat as I was during the special memorial one we dropped a couple weeks ago, but it's after dark here on the East coast. So it'll be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it starts getting dark out. You know, the, the werewolf. You look like borderline werewolf. If that hair grows out a little bit more, I, I can see it on a full moon. You never Just know. <laughs> you never blow know. that out. You never. Oh, I, I could blow it out. Also, yeah, you look like Polly D sitting across from me. Have the pure blowout. Anyway, fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off all the stats that we talk about. All the duels are from Fantasy National. I'm not going to do a huge, like, winner recap for the week, but there's some special shout-outs, Fantasy National members and viewers of the show who just had a fantastic week. Jeff Rowe turned 90 into $7,000. It's a good week. Zach took second in the 50-cent Minimax. That was good for $2,000. Roy Frazier won $1,900. Cam McCann turned $21 into $2,500. Kevin won the $12 single entry Albatross. That was good for 1000 bucks. And Fantasy National member RC Glit took home the $50,000 Stinger, which was good for $50,000. Uh, so congratulations to everyone out there. Again, fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. Before we jump into Cust, who's coming up to hear his picks... I've never had such a winning weekend, both in betting and on DraftKings, and felt so shitty about it. I didn't win anything. You didn't play the the each way double. No, I don't. You didn't play Shez top ten. I rarely. I had a Louis top ten. Sure, whatever. I didn't win anything. Dietrich second, Brooks second, uh, Schaub third. Third. It was really annoying. They all felt real at moments, and they all got. Ripped away. And I had the Brooks Schaub double. That was the only double I had. I never play those. Um, So, I I don't know. I shouldn't even be upset about it. But you just... You you didn't really taste it when Brooks lost. But as Schaub was making his move, it made you resent Brooks losing even more. And then Schaub missed a four-foot putt. And that was... And Dietrich missed a four-footer on 18. The putt for Schaub actually didn't end up making a difference. Yes, you're right. That was almost like a blessing in disguise. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Instead of saying I had three second places, I got to say I had two seconds and a third. Furyk won, though. I'm, yes. <laughs> Good if you bet the three to ones. I am, sometimes my buddies will get, like, mad at me that, like, uh, I'm not mad enough when, like, a, we have, like, a bad beat in the golf. Like, a close call doesn't go, I don't know, shake it off. Do the show, hit a lot of winners, can't win them all, on to the next. That Brooks one yesterday really, like, stuck with me for a bit, though. It was really, really annoying. Well, every time I looked, Justin was, like, dead. And then he was next to the hole. (laughs) So, and and Brooks, uh, yeah, just, I don't know, he made magic. Justin, you get him in that, like, 105 to 80 range with a club, and it's within six feet. Justin, Justin Thomas loves quite... ripping my heart out because he ripped my heart out here. I remember when I had Luke List to win the Honda and he had to lay up. He had hit a horrible shot on the closing hole at PGA National and had to lay up and put himself like 105 feet away from the hole. He needed birdie to force the playoff and put it to like two feet. Two, you know what? That's <laughs> the second take for me this year because I had Reed at the TOC and it was a three-man playoff. With I, had, Ju- I had Reed yeah, as well. With Justin Reed, Xander. Xander, like, screwed up the first hole, and Justin just kept making those chips on 18 or whatever hole they were redoing the playoff on. So he's a wizard. He's a player with number one in the world skill set. So when he does ridiculous things, you almost just chalk it up sometimes to him being him. Uh, Brooks are disappointing in the sense that, like, that was the chance. That was the opportunity from, like, go on Monday. You said, this is the number. This is the spot. 
it just didn't happen so close. He, he kind of <laughs> sucked me back in on 17 when he made the putt from oh, off the green. But a little bit of a cock tease. That well, putt on 17 was a cock tease. Well, it, 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 birdieing 18 was tough all week. Like, I had no expectations. Yeah, but you were kind of hoping birdie. Dustin's what, drive. I, what I was hoping for was... Justin Bogey's 18. Would you like me to say it? Well, or do you, do you have... That's not what I was going to say. But what were you hoping? Sure, for? no, no. Continue to tell me what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I don't that. know that Justin bogeys 18 when he hits one behind the fence. No, it was all about 16 because oh, JT is behind a tree, then he ricochets it off a tree, then puts it to four feet and makes birdie. But his like 60 yard chip shot, like his approach, like it goes bounce, bounce, checks right next to the hole. And I thought that's what Brooks's ball was going to do because it went bounce, bounce. I was like, oh, here's the check. He put it to a foot and it just went. And then fell yeah. off the green. It was like, oh my God, what's going on here? And then he couldn't get up and down. Yeah. I, I apologize there. I thought because we had already referenced 17, we were past the you, bullshit no, you of want 16. To speak, you want to speak for me? I'll speak for myself, No, sir. I'm just saying. I don't know. I didn't think we'd go 17-16. It was all annoying. It just was annoying. It's annoying. The way, it's annoying. I, the way that I look at it is we've had some really good Sundays over the past, like since the restart. Stuff that has really gone our way from time to time. That I'm used to betting guys to win and them coming in second. Like it's not that big of a deal. Uh, But when I lost, when Schaub started making the run, when he chipped in for Eagle at the Barracuda, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna like this is gonna Brooks missing it on 16 is gonna cost me like seventy thousand dollars. But Brooks's double on 18 combined with Shez's missed short putt on 18 lost me like close to $3,000 on DraftKings. Like, I had a good week on DraftKings, and that bumped me from, like, the top of contests all the way down. Like, it was, ah. I just did, I didn't even want to check it. Like, I knew how much I was going to lose. I was like, ah, I just don't want to see it. Uh, in-game variance remains undefeated. This is true. Well, before we get into our picks and the course breakdown, we need to know who we shouldn't be selecting here. And he told me he was all fired up. So let's get to him. Bringing in the third member of the team for a very short period. You can skip past it and use the time codes if you don't want to hear from Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. Not my name, but I'm fired up. Fired up? Wow. Um, how it's a major about- championship. We haven't had one in a year and a half. It's true. I mean, a year and a half isn't true. That's a year. A year and a month. A, a year. A year and a month. So is, is it one month? Are you rounding up to a half year now? Fine. Then? You know what? Whatever. I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. I mean, some people on this podcast don't think that the PGA Championship is a major. And I, because he taught me how to find old tweets, I found old tweets of his that just speak to the point that he doesn't think it's a major championship. But I think it is. And I'm fired up about what it. What did the tweets say? Like, give me the words. Oh no, I'm crashing. <laughs> I like, had what them all the lined say? up. Listen, my, my whole point has always been I don't think a kid grew up saying, I'm hitting this putt to win the Wanamaker. Like, I think for American boys, it was the US Open and the Masters. And for Europeans, it was the Open Championship and the Masters. Is that even up for debate? No, I, I think you're completely right about that. But to say it's not a major is kind of crazy. What are you, like a big fan of the fucking Players Championship? No, I'm not. And I think the schedule works great. And it became a major the day Ric Flair ran that intro. It, it became better and I think more important when it was moved from August into when it became the second. Yeah, I agree. The schedule. It, I it agree. really helped at the PGA Championship a lot. That, that only happened one time. 
Yeah, last and it's, year. And, if, and it's a great addition. And then this year, it gets a rocket boost because it's the first major. Well, yes and no. If baseball and basketball and hockey hadn't have come back, this would be a way bigger deal because it'd be the only real thing. But on I, for okay, to watch. fine. But I'm still talking to us, like the 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 reels, the reels that are watching the Sanderson. And nothing else. Oh, okay. No, I, I'm just staring at me like an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean excited. It's the first major. I get where. Uh, Tim, Tim is coming from. All right. Well, we need to know who Tim is picking so we can not pick those people. That's going to be very okay. important. So Tim, who are your three for the week? So, I mean, we're at TPC Harding Park named for president. Yeah, Harding, Tim, I don't give a, a shit. You know, I do, I do this fucking part of the show. You idiot. I'm getting to a joke. Leave me be <sighs> uh, Harding Park. You know, he's, he's known for return to normalcy. Well, we're not going to return to normalcy at the PGA Championship. I have some guys who historically are terrible at being closers who are actually going to close. And I know people want to let them off the hook, but I don't. I think that they have been unfortunate, but they're going to turn it around. I'm picking Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler as the top two picks. Streelman is my third pick. He's my long shot. Uh, those are my three picks. None of them are my one and done because I've used Fowler and Finau already. But those are the two top picks uh, that I've gotten. Streelman is sort of my long bomb. Uh, you know, he's never finished top 10 in a major. Well, neither Bryson DeChambeau, and I'd rather take uh, <laughs> I'd rather take somebody at 150 to 1 than at 16 to 1 uh, who's not good at major championships. So I, I like Streelman where he's at. And uh, I said, I think Finau and Fowler, I mean, I found some form, even though they've struggled on Sundays. And I think they're going to turn it around. I, I'm, I can't. This is where when people are like, is Tim like all shtick? Is he all shtick? And I'm like, you got to like, he's. He's insane. He believes these things. He's I've met him in person. Like he's literally as crazy in person as he is, uh, you know, over the airwaves. This is where I have no place. Like, I don't know what to say at moments like this. He, there's so much shtick in these picks to me. Like he's trying to rile people up. He's trying to rile me no, up. Like, it feels like he's trying to rile you no, up. In but particular. everyone doesn't like these players. No, that, but no, but he, I feel like this really works to Fowler and Finau's advantage. I agree. Because they're cursed on Sunday anyways. What happens when Tim picks them? Does that mean it goes the other way? I have, Finau wasn't even in contention on Sunday at the WGC, and he was still terrible. Finau, who by all accounts, everything he does when he does it well, sets up perfectly for Harding Park outside of he doesn't win. That's tough. And that, finding that, that's, out, that's one thing. Just finding like, just out like his he brother Ricky also doesn't win. 75th of 78 players in his ball striking last week is is concerning. Um, but this Tim's like up-and-comer player of the year is Streelman. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. Like in personal I like Streelman. correspondence. I've seen him play a lot more than I would personal usually pay. I mean, cor- listen. In personal correspondence with Tim, he's talking up Streelman literally like he's part of this Morikawa Hovland like him. Except he's like 41 or something. (laughs) It's so he is an older player and he hasn't won in like six years, but notwithstanding, I think he's had some pretty good form. I'm in. And I think at at his odds, I think there's there's real value to that. Oh, here we go. July 31st, 2017. The PGA Championship isn't a major to me. 
Therefore, Spieth has already completed the Grand Slam. G. Feinberg, 17. There, credit to Spieth. Yeah, shout out Spieth. There you go. Tim is very, uh, very anti-Spieth. And that's before the schedule Well, there's a par three here. He change, can't reach right? off the tee. He couldn't hit driver off the tee and reach the par three. I, I, I don't understand why you think that Spieth is some sort of, like, short hitter. Like he's, He is a short hitter. He's not. He's, like, an average toward. He's not shorter than Brendan Todd, who you love. Yeah, you, you basically. birdies yeah, since poor, yeah, Fucking Brendan Todd, man. You're ruining that guy's career. They keep talking about him as comeback player of the year, despite the award not existing. He's good. Well, I mean, if there is a, is there no comeback player of the year? Tim, I, I believe there's none. I think it was uh, no, no, no layups or whoever uh, no uh, that, that, that Twitter account. No layups. No, no layups. <laughs> what, what do you Damn. want from this, Tim? Oh, I want no layups. Uh, you know, whatever that Twitter account is. Uh, I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about. Uh. I think they tweeted out that that doesn't exist anymore. So I, they're Sorry. plugged in enough. Anyway. This is like uh, when you picked. I like Todd. Yeah, we, we can tell. With you. I don't like he, him this week, but I think Todd's a darn good player. Right, and so I think Todd, uh, I don't, I'm not one to look list. down my nose at a guy who's won twice this year. Here's the problem. He is two for five at converting his 54-hole leads. And two of the times you bet him, he literally doesn't make a birdie <laughs> once you wager on him with the lead. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So who are you going with? I'm with the updated one and done standings right now. I have taken the lead on you by like $5,000 after Brooks came through for me and Reed and Rory did not come through for you two. Uh, We're like $1.6 million clear of Jeff. So it's me versus you right now, unless Jeff gets a winner this week. Who are you taking as your one and done pick? Adam Scott. How come? Uh, he's been practicing at this place. We haven't seen a lot of him. He's in major. This is a, seems to be a super tough track. This is a, these are places Adam Scott has played well in the past. I, I mean, he is still one of the best players in the world. Uh, there's value on him at 55 to one. You can be sure of that, but you'd rather uh, bet Ricky Fowler at 40. Yeah, I'm feeling, well, I've seen more Ricky Fowler. And despite yesterday's unfortunateness, he's been playing better golf and i is a better player. So those two guys I like more, but you think, you think that Finau is a better player than Adam Scott. Yeah, if I had to like, if they were playing each other in the President's Cup in a head-to-head matchup, I, I would pick Finau over Scott. Are you example. not betting but Scott? I may, but he's not one of my official picks because I couldn't pick three top-tier guys. That would be that would be. You, you haven't picked I, one top-tier guy. That's the problem. <laughs> oh picked, well, I think you, that you, Finau you picked is. a you picked like the European champion, like old school British bulldog style of this event. You're, I, mean, I feel Scott. good about the picture. You, you, you don't have a Hulk Hogan. With... You don't have a Stone Cold. You don't have The Rock. You have, I don't know, Lance Storm. Okay, well, I mean, there are some guys with shorter odds that I just simply don't like. Uh, well, tell us who you so don't what, like. What you that's, that, that's what we want to hear about. We want to hear about who you don't like this week. Uh, let's see here. I do not care what's... I mean, Woods at 33-1 to 1 is dumb. Uh, he's not going to win. <laughs> that, that dude could be 100-1. to 1. Uh Let's see here. Uh, JT at 10 to 1. He just won. He's not winning two tournaments back in a row. I think that's dead money. Uh, let's see. Who else do I think has no chance? Can't People love Patrick Cantley. I get he's a closer, but I don't think he's going to be in position to close. So 28 to 1, I'm not in on, on Cantley this be. at all. That's it. I mean, those are the only guys that like I think are would be I, f- I, I was looking at Tom, I was looking at Tommy Fleetwood at 45. Well, that's the same odds as Finau and I would far prefer Fino. You would prefer Fino to Fleetwood? Yes, of course I would. How come? Fino's been right in the mix several times since the comeback. Fino's a better golfer, and I'm getting good value on him at a tough track. 
as long as I mean, you can hedge out him on Sunday if you, if you have to, I suppose, if you're that nervous. But I think he's, I said, we're not returning to normalcy here. We're going to have something different. Why can't the whole world thinks Finau can't win? The whole world's off on feet. Why can't this be his week? He's got the quality to be a major champion. Uh, it's the right, I, why ter- can't it's it be the, him it's this the right major for Finau, too? I, he, he, re- he reeks of PGA championship winner. I he's hope- like Jason Day in that sense. Well, no, because Jason Who's Day only was a like PGA a champion. Jason Day was a far more established player before he won his major. It really felt like, yes, we've agreed Tony Finau's on the precipice of winning an event. Jason Day, like, we were just waiting for the major. Yeah, like, he won, we he won like the, five events yeah, and seven starts or something. We were something on like the that. precipice of, of that, uh, more so than with, with Finau. I. I absolutely would love to be on the Twitter on Sunday night as Tim is taking an all-time victory lap. Over with Tony? It certainly won't be with Streelman. <laughs> Streelman might finish the best of those three. Listen, he's got this might have the same like two year win equ- or win equity as Fowler, although he probably doesn't, right? Streelman doesn't win. He's had a couple of eclipses, but yeah, he hasn't won. Like, he won one, the Travelers, right? He won he won the Travelers like six years ago. Yeah, he, he won the transition. Twenty thirteen, yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, it won't be Streelman. But his win equity is is more than Finau's, I guess you could joke, but no, he wouldn't it's not. Well, I'm playing into the joke. You know I don't believe that. You guys and your fucking terrible jokes. Just say what you got to say. I hope Tim is in a glorious gloat on Sunday night because I probably won't win money on it, but it would be a thrilling moment. I'll say what I'll say. So, Tim, do you wish death on on Fleetwood before we started the show? No, I didn't. Yes, he did. What I said was I think – Fleetwood's actions at Shinnecock Hill were embarrassing and unbecoming of the game of golf. I still don't understand what you're talking about. (laughs) Because the day before somebody shot 63 and didn't whine about all the the missed putt that he could have had for 62, all Fleetwood could do was whine about playing the toughest court, one of the toughest courses in the world on a Sunday at the U.S. Open, tying the all-time record. I missed that putt for 62. Tim never played anything in his life. That's not the way a champion thinks. A champion doesn't think that way. A champion appreciates what he did, internalizes that he missed that putt, and he goes forward the next time. He doesn't whine and complain to the whole world about who just wants to say congratulations on an amazing round in a tournament you had no chance of winning because of how far you put yourself out, and you just complain about your missed putt. It's so ungracious. I don't, e- so I don't un- even remember so him ungallant. complaining about it. He said, that, I really wish yes, I made that yeah. putt because I would have been in a That's playoff. That's the first thing he says when he comes. It just, it's, of course it he did. He, sorry, made, I, he, missed, he missed the playoff by a stroke. Champions don't the, think about six and a half footers they acts. miss to be champions? What are they you talking like about? That pu- they don't act like that in public. What did he act like in public? A real champion does. Also, what do you but know? I mean, what do you know? Never, Hold on. What do you know about being a champion? You're like the career loser of this podcast. He gives himself a trophy for hosting yeah, you, you, a party. You bought, yeah, you bought yourself your own trophy to give to I yourself. I won as a You've member never, of a hockey team, a pretty big tournament. You've never won anything ever. That's not true. Uh, Ever. I've won a, I've been a part of a team that won a pretty big hockey tournament. I've been a champion of things. Wait, was that like a house league team? What, like, Canadian no. hasn't? Are you sure? It was rap. I used to play rap hockey for years. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Tim I just, did. Tim is now just lying to cover up the fact that he's a loser. No, I won. I, I'm not. The, people won't know what the name of the tournament is, so there's no point in me saying Were you a defenseman? It, it, it sounds sounds like you're yes, stammering. Yes, it was. It sounds like you're I stammering tell, a little The bit. coach just sent him out there, clear the front of the net. He was probably three times the size of, like, the little tinks on the ice. I was a good defenseman. I, I mean, believe it. Uh, I, I'm sure he wasn't. <laughs> I, I can't believe Tim can skate. 
I, I, I can skate excellently. Again, I well, you also said you could, you also said you could do a cartwheel, and you can't. But I actually played rep hockey. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure you did, Tim. No proof of that. Now you're just lying again. Well, I do have proof, but anyway, you don't have proof. So again, the I only trophy Tim of, has I ever won. Hold on. The only trophy Tim has ever won was the one that he bought for himself from the dollar store and said that someone else gave it to him. That's it. That's a lie. I mean, I, you can keep saying these lies, but they don't make it true. Tim literally said to me off air because we were having a correspondence and I let it slip that on some books F- Fleetwood is pushing 50 or uh, maybe could even get higher. And he went into this rant. All right, Tim, before we get out of here, what are the rest of your picks? So the rest of my picks as it stands, uh, I've got some some free money props or at least I think they're free money, which means they're free money. Uh, I picked through the top Canadian. Right now you can get Matt Hughes at 300 plus 300. I, I don't see how that loses. He's by far the best Canadian. Uh, he should be the favorite, and it's silly that he isn't. So take advantage of that. Uh, top Australasian, you can grab Adam Scott at plus 220. I don't see how that goes wrong. And uh, there's also a prop on whether there'll be a hole-in-one. Looking at this this place, I, I don't th- see very many. I mean, I mean, the books think so, too. It's minus 150 to bet no on hole-in-one. That's that's the freest, some of the freest money on the board. So grab it, minus 150. Uh, you can't go wrong. All right. Um, we will get back to our picks in a field breakdown, but I do want to thank Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That is his name, as we know. But let's jump into this. PGA Championship. Year's first major. TBC Harding Park. The first time San Francisco has ever held a PGA Championship. Five times it has held a U.S. Open across the street at the Olympic Club. But now we're getting a bit of a different place. So the last time that we saw Harding Park in play was the 2015 WGC match play. Rory won before that the 2009 President's Cup when Team USA won with Tiger Woods, a perfect 5-0 and that week. Then the 2005 WGC American Express, which Tiger Woods beat John Daly in a playoff at minus 10. It has been lengthened. Uh, the greens are now bent grass, not poa, because apparently parasitic worms were eating it. So, yeah. And as you've seen from some of these Instagram videos, the rough looks long, and this course looks hard. Yeah, they are. And the weather seems to be lining up, Pat, where they can almost do what they want with the golf course. The PGA of America, uh, the people at Harding Park, uh, they can set this thing up as hard as they want. I don't think we're going to get much rain, if at all. It's looking like it can be a firm and fast and very difficult track. And PGA championships really there's consistent theme with the guys winning them. They're all very good off the tee. Outside of Jason Duffner, he's the only outlier. But, in J- like but Jason Duffner is good off the tee. He's long, just, he's just long. not long off the tee. Well, then even he's the only outlier who's not long off the tee. Um, almost going back like 20 years of PGA Tour winners. Uh, PGA Championship uh, winners. It should be a brute and you get coastal coastal wins. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be uh, some swirling winds that are going along. Uh, The way that I kind of look at it, it strikes me like a British Open style course with the conditions that we're going to get and the way that you might have to play it. Like, I don't know how long this rough is actually going to be. There's people saying it's ankle deep. Like, that's not good. But you're also going to find, like, dry spots with everything burnt out. Like, I don't know how well you're going to be able to hold these greens because it's so it's going to be so firm. It's been so hot. Not a ton of condensation around. Maybe it's easier in the mornings if you wanted to go for it. But 
I do think that there is a lane. Like, you're going to have to pick your poison. Obviously, the best ball strikers should be the guys that you're taking. The, but you can't just bet Rory Brooks and whoever and be on your way. I mean, maybe those are the two guys that you want to bet and bet Justin Thomas, and those are your three picks. That's not what I'm going to be doing because that's not how I bet. But the Fitzpatricks, the Hattons, the Fleetwoods, like oh. the experience on these courses where there could be a lot of wind, you might be playing it out of the rough, meaning that you're not going to be able to fly these greens and hit sky balls and drop it on and have them stick. You might have to play some worm burners up to the green and just manage your way around the course that way. I, I think, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but I do think that there is a path for that to be the outcome. I 100% agree with you. There are some feisty Englishmen who I'm excited to bet um, at some longer odds this week, Pat. The thing about the thing about it, fuck, I completely forgot what I was going to say. What's about it? No, you tell me about it. No, it's got to just come come back. We're talking about Hatton and the English. Oh, it's gonna. It could be chilly. There could be mo. I'm wearing my Cardi B this week. I th- like you're out there in the morning. It's gonna be cool. We're gonna see Tukes. We have not seen. We're not gonna see Tukes in San Francisco in August, are we? You could. People say the coldest place they've ever been in their life is San Francisco in the summer. Yeah, welcome to Winnipeg in December. Give me a fucking break. No, it, it, they're expecting it can be it can be quite cool. When you say quite cool, like what, how, what temperature are you talking about? It's going to be like thir- 36 degrees? It's going to be like 60? We're out in the morning, these guys, you're going to see long wear we haven't seen. The guys that have been in COVID and quarantine in Florida and, and Texas and Arizona, it's going to be the coldest conditions they've played golf in in, in a while. Sure, but this isn't going to be like some random rainy day at the British Open where it's like legitimately freezing out in Scotland. Oh, I'm not saying that. But it's going to be pretty, we might see more sleeves than we've seen in a while. Paul? I'll do it in uh, Fahrenheit for more, more American uh, listeners. Okay. Thursday morning, it's 57. And then it gets up to like 65, 67. It's only going to be in the mid-60s most days. And it's, yeah, it's, it's mid-50s in the morning. So that's, that's chilly enough. It's not like cold but it's not like hot like it is here maybe you're right early the early maybe 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 you're right that because they've been exposed to like florida and these hot conditions like that to be in shorts weather (laughs) i agree (laughs) the locals will be in shorts like the superintendents the grounds crew like they're used to this it's gonna be like the summer but there'll be some guys you know we'll see they'll be there this week they're getting into it from the footage you know even got to see some guys on the course yesterday guys were uh longed up that's all. Uh, I do like your angle, though, of potentially a firm, fast golf track. Guys that are familiar with it. And a lot of those, uh, if the course raises its teeth, Pat, I like a lot of those Brits. You could probably you could probably guess them for me. We'll get there soon. One thing you could rest assured in is the PGA Championship the, the PGA of America is pretty consistent with how they like to set these up. They're not looking for the U.S. Open. Uh, it depends on where it's at. Like, if we look at the past five PGA championships, right? Brooks minus eight. Brooks minus 16. Justin Thomas minus eight. Jimmy Walker minus 14. Jason Day minus 20. I would say this one tries to lurk in the minus eight to minus 12 range. My, you literally took the words out of my mouth. In my opinion... There can be outliers and variables to what happens in a super elite or anyone can mop the place up. 
a la Brooks. Yeah, or like a Rory at the U.S. Yeah, Open at Congressional or, where he just wins by 10 strokes. Sure, over completely is like playing a different course. In my opinion, historically, I've gotten the sense the PGA of America is like looking for this 8 to 12 range. Like that is almost, if you could ask them where they are, like 8 to 10 might even be perfect. They're not looking for like even to 2. No, they want, and there are scoring holes on this course. Like, and they're looking they're, to keep it fair. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm concerned about like the rough that we see now may not be the rough on Thursday. So I think you need to keep up to date on that all week. Like if they find that it's too long, they might trim it down a little bit. And it does look like there's some burnt out areas as well. Kind of like just right or like just off the green, like where the rough should be way up. There's some sort of like patchy areas. And that's also the thing that kind of triggered in my mind. Like, hey, maybe it's like Karnuski kind of thing uh, when I was looking at it. But it's really long. That's the biggest thing. It's a par 70. It's 7,234 yards, but it can play 7,400 yards from the tips. Like, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's a par 70, it's a lot. and there's three holes that are under 400 yards, par fours. So you're not getting extra distance there. They're just being added on to the other par fours. So I think you can play this one of two ways. Um, you can just take, obviously, you can't just take all of the best players. That's not going to work. So what skill set should you actually be looking for? I think if you're going to take bombers, you need to have guys that are also good around the green because I don't know if you're going to be able to hold these greens from the rough, but obviously if you bomb it out there, if you're Luke List and you're hitting it from 120 yards out into your approaches from the rough, you won't get any spin, but maybe you can hit it high enough and get it to land. But a lot of the times you're going to roll off. You need to be able to get that up and down. Or you need to be a shorter hitter who hits a ton of fairways but can absolutely smash long irons. The Jim Furyk type. Now, you'd look for a better version of Jim Furyk. Like Chez. basically, Yeah, vintage Jim Furyk. Chez isn't as good as vintage Jim Furyk, but that's, no. that is what the type of player that you're looking for. Like that is going to keep himself safe, have some shots into the green, and is good from like 175 and up. So those would be the two different types of players that I'd be looking at. Now, I haven't really picked a lane on it yet. I might even construct like DraftKings lineups around like those two you, types of skill sets. Would like Sergio fall into that? Sergio hasn't been driving the ball well. Um. Okay. Do you want to get into it? I can. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's give her. All right. Betting odds for the PGA Championship. Here's what we got. We got Justin Thomas ten to one coming off a win. Brooks coming off a second. He's now down to ten to one. Rory's fourteen. Rom's fourteen. Bryson's sixteen. Dustin Johnson is twenty. So is Xander Shoffley. Those are your top seven. On the betting board, I'm giving a hard look to Dustin Johnson. I I think, objectively, I think Brooks wins. <laughs> it's just with the way that he looked on the weekend. He, even the reason I didn't hedge out on Justin Thomas before, like there were stats that pointed to two guys going into Sunday, Brooks and Justin Thomas. Brooks was already ahead of him. Brooks was playing well. He hadn't putted well all week. It's like, he'll just putt normal and it'll be fine. But then he had a birdie putt on every hole on the front nine and made one of them. Same thing happened on Friday before he had a shit back nine. Yes. And just he wasn't making these putts. That so rarely happens for Brooks in like consecutive weeks. Now, he's probably not going to lead an approach again, but the driver was a little bit off. Like he was hitting it way right on Saturday. Obviously going for like glory, trying to put it as close as he could on 18, knowing he needed birdie, shanked it into the water. But I don't know. It's... He has to be con- he has to be the favorite. Like even with Justin Thomas being 10 to 1, you know 10 of Justin Thomas's 13 wins have come in no cut events. 
That's quite quite impressive. Um, there's well, it's a impressive, lot- but it's you know that's not going to help. Like one of them was a major when he won at the BJ. Listen, Championship. Brooks might know this course better. I remember before the, all the COVID happened, he was doing all that press tour out there, smiling with the Giants jersey on, taking it to the ballpark. Uh, you know, saying it's a big boys course, right in the subway in San Francisco, doing that whole. Uh, press day where I think he like railed on like five other guys and we got so excited. Um, yeah, it's a Brooks Kepka course. It's a PGA championship. Hit it long, hit it straight. He was so dialed in with those short irons, even if those regress a little. It just makes you lament yesterday a bit more because that was the opportunity. That was the number. That was a, also a course that had historically fit him perfectly. And we just missed it. Now it's a tougher event and 10 to one. I get there's like any bro and every major I'll go to the window with Brooks slappies. Just, I don't know, get, 10 to one stuff. We just had him at 33 to one. He probably should have won. Here's the scary <laughs> thing for Dustin and uh, for Sorry for Justin and Brooks. I mean, you don't need more scary info, Pat. Uh, your first look show was great. Thank you. Up until last year. The w, a WGC preceded the PGA Championship. It was the Bridgestone. There is only one winner since 2006 that finished outside the top 20 at that WGC. And it was Justin Thomas. But if you look at that, he finished 27th at that Bridgestone. But apparently he started horribly and had a fantastic finish. So... I think you could almost take a lot of corollary into what happened yesterday as a carryover potentially into uh, this week's this week's tournament. I could see that. It's a similar S course. The big difference, I suppose, is the greens are much larger here. They're 7,000 square foot greens. And it's like half last week at Southwind. But Southwind is a long par 70. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it was even a different course before. So the fact but that you Fire, could even... Firestone was also a long par 70. Yeah. And it just was a sign. It's, it's so hard to make of, you know, where I guess some guys are. But the WGC, I think, in that course really put it into, into some perspective i would say so yeah i i'm not i don't want to ignore anything that happened yesterday that was almost a bit of information that made me like triple take the guys like playing well and some of that can be can be sneaky because guys might have played well on the weekend had horrible starts and look at you know here where they are you know, was also uh, joked about Matthew Fitzpatrick. What was he like to start the tournament? Who I took a shot at, finished the same as Brooks, who I said he shouldn't be priced with. I think they finished with the same score uh, at the end of the tournament. But you know, what did Fitzpatrick shoot at the start of the tournament? Even even Xander makes a quad out of the gate. Well, Xander only made one bogey all week. I think he made the one quad. He made the one bogey. Like I couldn't putt at all. Like he is a strong look at this course. He has to be, doesn't he? Uh, he has to be. It is one of the tickets that I've owned for a while at 33 to 1. So I'm pretty excited about that. I also have a good value ticket that I've been sitting on like a stock proud of is a Bryson at 28. But I don't feel I don't know what to make of. Like, it feels like it can go either way. I mean, he can be so dominant with both the driving and the putting. Um, but it seems like there's just such a fine line like every great player and like every golfer, but it seems like there's such a fine line as to what side of the coin we're going to 
end up on, but here I am. I don't I tell you if I didn't have money on him I don't think I would be considering betting him though. At 16? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think you're right with Bryson it goes one of two ways that if the putt like people just don't seem to understand that he's a really tremendous putter. Like of all of these guys at the top, he is by far the best putter. And like weekly, consistently just continues to show up at the top of the strokes game putting leaderboard. He's number 1 off the tee. Like that's just going to be what happens with him? He's going to hit it the longest, and he's going to gain the most strokes. So if he can just hit his irons and have his short game work just a little bit, he shortens this course so much. And I think I need to see more of the setup, but there are two holes that you could potentially drive here. And they're going to move the tee boxes up, I think, on both of them for at least one day to give the entire field access to get to the green in one. But Bryson might be able to drive number one if the wind's at his back. Now, the density in the air might prevent that from happening. But if anyone can do it, it would be him. It's 393 yards. He might just might take a crack at it. But if they move these tee boxes back and the entire field can't fire at these shorter par fours, he might still be able to do it. Like, there is that baked-in advantage that some of these longer players are going to have if they're hitting it well off the tee that I think it would give them the lean for me. Like, I just I don't know if I'm going to bet him at 16-1. to 1. I'm happy with the 50-1. to 1. We have him at the Masters. And I think the Masters is probably a better course for him. Yeah, it is. But and I would even think Wingfoot. It, when we've ranked the majors this year, as Bryson was getting his, like, hot and everyone put him into this, like, God status, I think we agreed this was probably, we power-ranked it the third most likely setup. There are just other variables that I thought Wingfoot and for sure the Masters would stand alone as his place. But I don't, I wouldn't, Xander... Even without my my pre uh, anti post bet from months ago, I would consider hard going to the window still at that number. Bryson, on the other hand, if I didn't have the bet, I'd be looking probably right through him this week. But hey, I'm on I'm on team team Shambo. Well, it's funny because Bryson's just going to garner a lot of attention as it is anyway, just because he's Bryson. And then you have Thomas and Brooks finishing 1-2. Obviously, they're going to garner a lot of attention. That just leaves Rory and Rom stuck in the middle, and there's no like conversation about them whatsoever. The, the only joke is John Rom's reign as world number one has come to an end okay. after one week. But he just won at Memorial two weeks ago. He had a bad week? Okay. I am, Remember when Justin Thomas had a bad week? And he came back and won? I am like crawling out of my skin, trying not to bounce all over the place because I love both of these guys this week, Pat. I love them both. Calif- John Rom got that number one in the world, uh, got that bump, got the love, and then you could argue at a couple events that uh, just, or this event this week, kind of took that humbling and, and lost the, the ranking, and he's kind of now going under the radar in a perfect spot. Loves California golf. Uh, you've made some corollary courses. Wicked, uh, uh, sorry, where uh crooked sticks not crooked sticks whistling straights shit no whistling straights the the u.s open that we just had beth page yeah that that you found as a corollary i mean it wasn't necessarily corollary. i think last year's pga championship just looks a lot like what i think that this leaderboard is going to look like with with the long par 70 you even mentioned quail hollow the monterey cypress trees just scream sometimes like tory pines to me and and some of that stuff or the pines that at Tory and and Rom has won, won there. Even Rory McIlroy, Pat, in his two 
since he's made USA golf and living stateside a commitment and playing less premier European tour events, even his own like Irish open has made that full commitment stateside has played Tory the last two years has a third and a fifth. Uh, it's, it's he's been like laying in the weeds. So he's since, the third guy on this board since the restart, Rory is 32nd, 41st, 11th, 32nd and 47th. He's gained off the tee a bunch in each of those events, but the irons have been all over the place. He can't putt anymore. It's really weird what's going on. That leads me to believe that people are now, like, people are going to be off Rory and Rom. I don't think that their numbers are going to drift at all because they're who they are. But when I keep going down and I see Dustin at 20, like, people are still so mad at Dustin from, like, back-to-back 80s and then withdrawing. He was fine. Yeah, fine. In Memphis. He gained off the tee. He gained through approach. He gained around the green. Couldn't make a putt. Now we're back in California at a long par 70. Like, this is his jam. There is a finite, very finite list of players in the world who 7,400 yards par 70 can fall into their sweet spot. Justin uh, Dustin Johnson is it. And he comes at a number double what some of those other guys do. I'm a believer in in Dustin Johnson. I, I like it a lot in terms of things pointing right to him. I was had a bit of a feeling last night. And then I saw on your early look post, you use your your favorite Dustin Johnson picture. I'm like, oh, Pat must really like Dustin this week. That's the picture he's brought into the profile. Uh, would love it. The trophy would look perfect beside his U.S. Open. So I've made a custom stat model that just trying to differentiate between the players that I talked about, the bombers and then the shorter hitters and see how they line up. So I've done driving distance gain, highly weighted and fairways gain, low weighted in terms of trying to figure out who's off the tee. So with a driving distance weighted of 65% and fairways rated at 35%. I've also added around the green and proximity from 125 to 150 because that's where a lot of these shots are going to be coming from if it's going to be the absolute bombers who go. But the best like crossover players in terms of this from the restart on, so just you can go back and look long-term if you want, Rom, Sungjae, Hovland, Xander, Justin Thomas, Billy Horschel, Sergio, whose driving distance is like off the charts right now, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Na, still... And Rory McIlroy. I like a lot of names on that list. So I, you, I'm loving the mail that you just delivered to me. And if we talk about like you want your bombers to be good around the greens when it comes down to it, of those guys, Sergio's first, Justin Thomas is fifth, Rom is second, M is 15th, and Fowler and Na are both 17th. Matt Wallace also ranks really highly on that, too. Berger's not on Berger is 12th in the modeling. He's 56th in distance, 15th in accuracy, 20th around the greens. But not good with uh, his his old 125 to 150. Well, you don't need it much here, do you? Well, I put that in thinking that that's where I want, like, that's why around the green is in there. If you can't hold these greens, like, I either need you to be really good from 125 to 150 on your approaches or be able to save yourself. Yeah. Like, if you hit it into the trees, you're not going to be able to go at the green. You're going to have to chip it out onto the fairway, and then you're scrambling from that distance. Xander um, has dropped pretty hard in the last couple of weeks, his PGA odds. Like, he went from, like, 33 to 20? 
the 33s were gone, but 28 to about 20, like 26s. It just kept like they just kept knocking like two points off like every four days over the last like two weeks. It feels like he's a popular bet. I get it. He always tends to play well in majors. This seems like a really good yeah. course for him. And he's playing well, and he always seems to play well on Sundays and weekends. And that's just literally where like golf fans and golf betters are like sitting by their stuff, and they're like, oh, uh, he's I've seen enough, ready to go. Like bet that that bet that number feels good. It feels safe. Uh, you always kind of decide that if I want to bet a consortium or a handful, a small handful of golfers, it's hard to go under 20. He's usually um, an easy choice in this range. He's been knocking on, on so many, on so many doors, Pat. So that would be lovely. I haven't bet Dustin yet. I'm going to bet Dustin. I think that we get a better number than 20. If I miss out and it goes to 18, then, you know, in my face, I'll eat the 18. But I think that could get to 22 or 25. So I'll wait. It seems like Xander might beat him to the teens just based on the sheer volume of of bets. And no one wants to bet. Like, Dustin really seems like a forgotten guy here. I would be shocked if it drops below 20 because how many guys can you set in the teens? I remember we had that one tournament where there was like 18 guys in the teens. Was it Memorial or Workday? It was a weird one. It was one of them. Yeah. It was one of them. That is correct. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But the thing is, uh, also to this, we uh, Bryson and Rom would be the two guys under 20 without major championships. Since we've started doing the show, Pat, only one first-time winner has cashed the under 20 ticket. You know who it is? I called it. I called it a couple years in a row. I promised you it would happen. Dustin Johnson at yeah. uh, Oakmont. Oakmont, that's right. So it's the only time we've had one uh, first-time winner. So it seems like now I'll say this both about Bryson and Rom. We all sort of feel they're younger, but a lot of the golf community shares the same sentiments you shared with Dustin. Like, this guy is no way not winning a major. Like, no way will these guys not sometime soon bring one home. So – those guys share that quality with Dustin, but you got to really, really want a guy to trust that major breakthrough at such a, a short price. Cause a lot of the major breakthroughs, first time winners that we've seen in the last handful of years have come at nice, handsome prices. Even the Brooks first time win was like 35 or 40. The Justin win was like flirting in the forties. Um, you know, there was extreme ones like Willard and, and Woodland per se, but I don't think Woodland went off at such a, yeah, Woodland went a high off number. Like 50. Same as Will. Will it went off at sixty, right? Yeah, um, and trying to think, even well, Sergio forty five. So, uh, so let's go down the list of the twenty to fifty area. We got Cantlay at twenty eight, Webb at twenty eight, Tiger at thirty three, Morikawa at thirty five, Day Berger, Hideki, Ricky, all at forty. Hovland, Reed, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Finau at 45, Hatton and Woodland both at 50. My early, I've already bet on Colin Morikawa at 35 to 1. I put half of the bet I was going to put on him at 35 to 1 because I just want to see what happens with him. If I if it goes down to 30, I'll put the rest on that. You know, I'm, I'm greedy. Maybe you can go to 40. Who knows? Yeah, no, you didn't go full. You're still committed to re, to extending the bet, even if it drops a little. But you're giving yourself wiggle room to extend 
you're happy, you'll be happy to extend it. And if it sits there at 35, you'll be dropping more on it regardless. He went to Cal, which is very close to this course. I think he's going to be very familiar with it. Although the course is going to look completely different than he's played it in the past. He's going to be familiar with the green complexes. He's going to be familiar with the wind. And when I talk about, you know, you want your long hitters, you want your short hitters who are good at the long irons. Morikawa is kind of a hybrid. I just wish he was good around the greens, which he is not. Uh, and his putting is either good or bad. I would hope that his familiarity with this course would make him somewhat good on the greens. But he hits a ton of fairways and he smokes long irons. He, like he is, he's Rory that doesn't drive it 360 yards. Yes, he is literally maybe the prototype player for this place who isn't under 20 to one. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give Dustin and Xander that credit. He has a lot of these similar skill sets that, that Cantley I'd say brings to the table here. He's not as long as Cantley though. Nope. Cantley also a guy that's, I think drifted up being forgotten, had a bit of a strong weekend seeing his number push 30 28 is it's tempting i'm I'm looking at it it's very hard it's tempting i don't know so you're thinking you could do like dustin cantley morikawa that that seems again for me it comes down to do i want to bet cantley at 28 or do i want to bet reed and fleetwood because that's the same bet like if i put uh for the odds you have one at 28 you have one at 45 it doesn't quite correlate but i would sacrifice one cantley for two of those guys in that range yeah, kind of thing. Like, which do I want? Cantley to do? is very attractive. Uh, Cantley or Morikawa looks like a more realistic ad for me, based on the card I already have from pre pre bets, because they are both guys, and they, they they kind of fit the price that we're seeing closer to the price where these first time major winners have been cashing. I have the utmost faith in both of them, despite people don't seem to have much faith in Cantley. I don't. I don't have issues with him. Well, he only has the two wins. That's tough. He won Memorial and he won like a swing season event. I, I'm I'm a sucker for a skill set. Okay, yeah, he's perfect. Like I still go to the window sometimes. Not this week, but I still go to the window with just guys that I like with skill sets. So I'm a sucker for it. I think the number is is fair, and with Morikawa, I think it's fair. And he doesn't putt for par. He doesn't make a ton of birdie putts unless they're close or he's on fire. But he does, both of these guys, I don't see them putting for par very often, Pat. It's like a simple approach, and they're both really good at it, at executing it. Since the restart, Morikawa is seventh in accuracy, seventh in approach, fifth from 175 to 200, ninth from over 200 yards in proximity, second in opportunities gained, and first from 100 to 125 yards. It just feels like if this turns into something where, because the course does appear like it's going to give you some birdies. That I think he's going to make, he's going to make some bogeys. He's going to make some birdies. Like if it turns into a complete grind fest that I think that he'll be one of the few that actually scores on this course. Even if he does happen to give some back as well, that we see this with Morikawa every week. If it's an easy course, he makes bogeys. If it's a hard course, he makes bogeys, but he also makes a ton of birdies every single time. Just 35 to one, I think is a really good number. Makes listen, you he has the he won Memorial or the week before Memorial, yeah, not the same field, but 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 you considered betting him there. And we when we were doing it, I I bet him sorry, (laughs) I considered him, you had bet him when we were breaking down those fields. It was essentially we were already deciding who is breaking down those Memorial tournaments and workday. 
you were kind of cutting off your bets based on like, well, who can win majors? Like, cause that's kind of what this feels like. It's kind of how the course can set up. Uh, that's the profile of guys that will win here. And sure. he fit, fits it. Nothing. I mean, to say anything's changed, you've only gained more confidence in the player. Did you know that Matthew Fitzpatrick gained 10 strokes putting at the WGC? That's ridiculous. Burger played really well. We lost that burger number. You would hit me last night that you said it was 80. Uh, there were some big numbers it's, out it's there. It's 40 now. And you, you had mentioned that you liked it. And you were just going to wait and see. And as he was climbing that board, I was like, you're losing it. I wanted the placements because on Sunday night, the reason that we do this on a Monday morning of a major yeah. is because at the each way before to come inside the top five, now I'm looking at it this morning, it's the top eight. So if they were going to you know, drop the 80 to a 60. I'd rather take the eight places of the each way than the five, but we just lost the number completely. Everyone just in on burger. Apparently, in what world is anyone besides Tim, apparently, betting Ricky Fowler at 40 to one to win a major? I think it's, I don't know. I think it's like for me, I, he's up to something. I, I, I don't know how genuine that appearance was. I don't know. You just don't want going. it to be. I don't know what's going on there. No, you made it like it's the perfect thing. It's good for it's, it's what good both for, of those guys need. Yeah, they need to be cursed and to I, get rid of their. Sunday I will. Curse. I swear on on Justin Herbert's ACL. He might, probably doesn't even need it for the next twelve I, I, months. I was going to say it's probably better off that he blows his ACL so he doesn't have to play because he's no good. Sure, if that's your opinion, but, but uh, that in, is the opinion. That's the correct opinion. He's still important to me at the moment. Ah oh, man, Jake Locker two point is pretty good. Let the guy, whatever. My point being is I will, uh, a, a high leverage ACL in my life, I will risk that Tim literally said to me off air that he would wish Tony Fleetwood, Tony Fleetwood like pretty much dead. Tony Fleetwood? Yeah. Tommy. So I'm betting him. I'm betting him. There's a 55 out there. This guy crosses. I've bet a lot of losers who I really love because they like cross a number that I deem unacceptable. I am going to bet Tommy Fleetwood at 55 to one. There could be stats in the last two week, Pat, that don't say this might be the smartest bet in the world, but I don't care. I don't care. To me, he's a major champion uh, golfer. He always seems to show up on him. I'm confident I could take that ticket into the weekend. Ability to close a major championship. Well, that would be a question for anybody, I guess. Or, or you know, all but like six guys on the planet. He really struggled off the tee at the WGC. Whatever. Which I found, well, you want a guy who can't hit the ball off the tee? No, that's, I don't, he'll just work on it and fix it. Okay. That's, that's, and he's that's only played two events and he could just be hitting his sweet spot. I, like I, he played two events to perfectly set up an explosion this week. I like the number. I, I think we'll get a better number. I hope. All right. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll it, wait. It's the Reed number that I find really intriguing. Because if this course does play difficult, time for some Patrick Reed. In what world is Ricky Fowler 40 to 1 and Patrick Reed is 45 to 1 to win a major? Like, give me a fucking break. Okay, man. He's got the... Listen, I can make the same comment as last week. He's got the same number as, as Matthew Fitzpatrick. I know Fitzpatrick deserves a lower number than Ricky, but now I'm talking Reed versus Fitzpatrick. It, it just seems crazy to me. That he's 45 to 1. Even, I, I, that's probably what his actual odds should be, but then I see he's the same number as Tony Finau. 
Should he be five points higher than Matsuyama? Is Matsuyama at a forty? Like, does any is there a number Matsuyama could get at where you would consider betting him? His putting Six. has been worse than normal. <laughs> Sixty to one, maybe. I saw the stat. His putting has been worse than like regular Hideki. Feel bad for the guy. Hit that beautiful eagle yesterday. The cameras caught it. Strangely. By the numbers and just by me watching golf, Berger might still be, even be the play at 40. I don't know if I'm going to get there with him, but just I find it very intriguing. Well, I got I got the handsome number. You got the 80? Yeah. I'm sitting on, like, I got a full card. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking at your sheet right now. You look like Cam. You have a star next to every single player. Listen, there's a star. Can't lose. Bet everyone. Hold on. <laughs> just for clarification, there's a star next to Jordan Speed. These are just guys that I have something to say about. These are not players that I am betting. There are a lot of guys that I have things to say about. That's really it. I'm not betting Adam Scott, but there's a little note beside him because I could have something to say. Did you bet Gary Woodland? No, I thought I did, but I can't find the ticket. Okay, so you're going to bet him at 50 to 1? I don't think so. I think that can get better, but he is sneaky here, man. He is sneaky, but his, he, the thing with guys like Woodland and Finau, who I really love, and if they showed me maybe some life, I could be there. The, those two guys really work against the lead in WGC historically with the PGA. Because, well, a lot of good players on a lot of levels, from, like, your answers, your Fleetwoods, to guys having great rounds like your uh, Morikawas and and Roms, Xander. There were a lot of great rounds out there Sunday by players that you could be interested in betting for a major championship. It wasn't by those two. But he has that match play final. Woodland in the fairway creates birdie opportunities. Like that should be 66, though, or something. I mean, you just talked yourself into betting him at 50. So he's not going to 66. I didn't w- talk. W- when Woodland I... won the U.S. Open in California last year. I don't think you're going to find a – I don't think that's going to drift. I really don't. People are, like, game to bet Gary Woodland now. I love Gary Woodland. I know. He won you a U.S. Open bet. Of course you like him. I, was, I, thought, I, had, I thought I had a bet. I guess I did it. Maybe when I went to look at it, the number was just too too short. Couldn't find that one. 50 to 100. Actually, we didn't even talk about Tiger. What are we doing? Tiger Woods. (laughs) Is that crazy where, like, we are in this game right now? That we could have just done that? Yeah, but we didn't because it's still Tiger. 33 to 1. I don't... I just wish we would have seen more of him. He did make the cut the last time out, despite the fact that the broadcast declared him dead. Tim wouldn't bet him at 100. And pretty much said, like, zero chance, so that can't hurt. I mean, two of the times that we've had competitive tournaments at this course, Tiger has been by far the best player. Now, that's when Tiger was the best player, so take that with a grain of salt. But if he can... I just don't... I worry so much about him off the tee here. Because it's not like he's overly accurate, and it's not like he's hitting bombs. So, like, what is he? He's not someone I'm considering betting at all. And he really struggled at the PGA Championship last year, remember? Just not considering. If they want to give me a Disney movie Sunday night, I'll be game. I'll be game. I'll have the pom-poms. 
but I'm not betting it. Treat it like we did with the Masters when he won. It was like, we don't have any money on him, but we're rooting for him anyway. It's different because the Masters will always feel like more attainable. I would be more surprised if he won this than last year's Masters. Agreed. I mean, there's just, frankly, more talent in this field. Yeah, and just the front-end guys, a lot of them are playing well. How can you win this tournament without anything but your A game? Unless you are one of three guys on the planet who can win in a field like this potentially without their A game. Like like Justin Thomas, who just won a tournament by losing strokes putting? What? <laughs> Brooks just happened to lose more strokes putting. But... The thing that concerns me most about Tiger after watching Memorial was that one round where he's like, yeah, my back just like, it, it's not hurt, but like I couldn't get it going. I was too stiff. And like he shot six over or something. It's like, oh, okay. But other than that, like he looked okay. Yeah. Like Pre- the irons were good. We know we can get it up and down. He likes California golf. It's not Florida golf, but it's still pretty uh, good. I like a lot of the angles that say the Tory Pines comp. He's done well there, right? Uh, yes, I believe he has won it okay. seven or eight times. Yeah. So, sure. But I I don't... Listen. He wins, I'll feel like a, a doofus because I've decided to bet guys like Morikawa and Cantley. Potentially. Right? Like, Tiger Woods is sitting between them. But I'll bet these two guys that haven't won anything and not bet Tiger Woods. You'll feel really dumb. I'm used to that feeling, though, sometimes, so whatever. But I'm not considering betting him. Speaking to the mic. I'm not considering betting him. I, I leaned back for a moment there. Got away from me. Yeah, you get the microphone. You got talking to the microphone. So I'm can not hear considering betting him, but I would never besmirch it like that Andercust fella. 50 to 100 range. Let's talk about Adam Scott. Tim's one and done. I have no concerns about him taking an extended layoff. Like, he hasn't played a competitive round since the restart. We haven't seen him since the first round of the Players' Championship, which was then canceled. But he won the Australian PGA to close the year, then took eight weeks off, showed up at Riviera, and won. He's straight. He seems to be the type of player that can just do this. His prototype is this. This is a good number, too. It, it was 60. It already got bet down to 55. It's a ridiculous number if you get over that he didn't play. But like you, I agree with the fact more so than Tiger Woods. Like, I don't even think it's close. Like, if you told me both these guys, like, let's say Tiger hadn't played Memorial and Tiger was teeing it up for the first time here. There's not a doubt in my mind I'd rather bet Adam Scott than Tiger Woods. Like, showing up without playing. Adam Scott slays. Like, I can't give a man a bigger compliment. I don't know that I will bet him because I get afraid of the layoffs, even though I acknowledge he is might be the only guy on the planet that can pull it off. Uh, one in California a couple months ago at a course that demands a bit of long and straight. And I don't worry about him in terms of like, well, is Tiger's back going to activate today? Like, Adam Scott's healthy. He's taking like surf sessions instead of like being on the range. He's doing the same thing. And like, he's been there. He's been on the scene. I don't hate it actually, even though he is Tim's one and done. And that terrifies me, but Tim also didn't bet him. So Tim can like brag about winning a one and done. I'll just win it 55 to one. And Tim's not bad at one and done. It's like the one aspect of the shows over the years that he's not like totally 
custard. Yeah, he doesn't outsmart himself in the one and done, yeah. which is really the strategy of yeah. one and done. Don't take like the random losers who we think yeah. you know, are looking good this week. Oh, you haven't used Rafa Cabrera Bayo this year? No, I did use uh, Paul Casey two weeks ago. Whatever. You I... know, Paul Casey has lower odds this week than he did last week. Listen, I he's ninety to one. He was a hundred to one last People week. People can make fun of it. I could still go there. I, I, I am such a mutant for that guy. Uh, he's not nearly as bad as he's been. I mean, we're not getting any bump in a number for how bad he's been, but. I believe he's capable and he has the skill set. And there's a lot of guys back there who kind of have a skill set or I'm banking on the conditions being really bad to like have a chance. I'm so dumb to think Paul Casey has a chance. I think he has a chance too. But like <laughs> if you look at it, there's so many what I believe are either better options at his price or deeper that I just I'm not going to end up on him. Like realistically – why wouldn't you just bet like Leishman at 80 over Casey? At least we know Leishman wins. He's got the Tory win. He's played well at Riviera in the past. He actually played well. Here. I mean, the off the tee has been a concern a, a few times recently, as I feel like I've brought him up in shows because they always push. He always has big numbers in big fields and you never really, I'm always comfortable backing him. Because he's got that brick shit house vibe when it's going. He kind of has glossed over Hovland, too. I just don't know if this is the time for him. I mean, well, we're we're sitting on tickets. Yeah. We should probably... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to dismiss him at 45. I guess we should reveal that if people weren't watching the show in January when we did our Futures Bet show, we have Victor Hovland 125 to 1 with a top 5 attached to that, and Sung J M 125 to 1 with a top 5. Attached to that. Didn't expect Sungjae's number to be 80 uh, in March. I thought it was going to be like 28 to 1. But Yeah, he thought it could be closer to the Morikawa number, uh, Fitzpatrick Hatton numbers. But what, whatever. Uh, I think that's a good bet this week. What, if you, 80? Yeah, I don't, I don't he's hate been, it. He's been bad. Bad. He's been living with that putter. Because he was still scoring a bit. I lost strokes off the tee, on approach, and around the green line. Yeah, so Eight let, strokes putting. So every... Because it seemed like every time he was on camera, he was hitting something. And it wasn't a six-footer. No. And he was teeing off later in the afternoon. It wasn't like he was going out early. So something had to be jiving uh, there. He's off. Yeah, Hovland, you just... Listen, it's a lot of... You're scared to death when he's going to have to scramble. You mentioned with Morikawa, hard courses, easy courses. The guy will make birdies. He'll still make bogeys, but he'll still make birdies. You feel the same way about Victor. The birdies, you have no doubt, will show up. It does feel like when things go bad for Vic, they go really bad. But, like, I could see... He doesn't... The short game is such a concern to actually but bet it, at this it, number for a major championship. That's the thing. Like, I love him at 125. Yeah. I don't necessarily... I think that Morikawa just right now is a better player. Yeah. I think that Hovland will probably end up being better, but I don't know if he's quite at the level. Morikawa's kind of leveled up a little bit, and Hovland's still right around the fringes of level. And you, you tweeted that great self-deprecating moment of his from the weekend where he completely, like, did what one of us would do with a with a tight lie chip. And he just laughed about it. I appreciate that he laughed it off. He's yeah. like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I fucked it up. Yeah, what are you going to do? As you've said, as we've documented out of the restart, there have been great gains with the short game. Uh, they will continue to happen. 
it does feel like a much for how close and how high we see Hovland's ceiling. It does feel like it is a much bigger ask for him than Morikawa this week. Yeah, which is really strange. Strange. Yeah, we shouldn't. Uh, that's just all perception. Like the numbers wouldn't back that up whatsoever. Uh, Hatton's in this range. He, Sneaky. Yeah, he's just he's been driving the ball poorly. His number, like the past like three events, he's been driving the ball poorly. I mean, this is a guy whose numbers gotten better because he was on such a little tear. This number, I swear, I saw in like the thirty thirty fives a couple weeks ago. So I guess how he fared in some of the bigger field, more penal situations, um, you know, has brought his teeth out. I got a name for you. I want a better number, but I got a name for you. Abraham answer. Jordan Spieth. This is a, especially if this is like a minus eight type of tournament, this is just one where Spieth goes and mucks it up. How's the driving? Not great. <laughs> at all but the approach has been really good he hasn't been gaining a ton of strokes putting and you know that he can just pop off the around the green game is going to be fine that this just seems like one of those courses where if it if it plays hard he should play really well i went back and looked at his pga championship numbers from the past four years so 16 rounds for jordan spieth he has not lost strokes to the field total any round 100 percent and even to go back to last year, you look at Brooks and Dustin at the top of the leaderboard at the PGA Championship. Who's in third? Jordan Spieth. I'm not going to... And we're getting a number. And that number Is that a number? 55 is not a great number. But like 66, 70? I think it could fall down there. I'm not betting it. I would rather... I'm like, like a joke. Like the same You'd rather with... bet Fowler. No, I was going to say Fleetwood. Okay. Uh, like I was made the joke earlier with Cantley and Morikawa are more attractive to me than the greatest player ever in Tiger Woods. Jordan Spieth completing the Grand Slam if he wins this, and I choose to bet Tommy, not Elitewood. That would be a kick in the nuts. Uh, I don't know. I'm not there yet. But Jordan going from... Three years right to the major, like skipping the Safeway win, we're essentially like ready to give him. <laughs> he's been over the past two years, like when he's not been good, he has been far more competitive in majors than any other sort of tournament. I will say the perception lines up with, with that. I mean, the numbers also back it up. Yeah. Just look at his finishes. It'd be like third at the Masters, second at the British Open, third at the PGA Championship, miscut at the workday. And he's been <laughs> playing well. If we deem the the Memorial and St. Jude as the two toughest events we've had since we've returned, he, he had his moments, the Spethian good, um, bad moments, but he seems to recover and bounce back. That's something he hasn't lost, it feels like. No. Through all his struggles, his ability to, like, even respond to the sick double with that, like, instantly getting at least one of them back uh, well, is that, still at his elite level from, from the day. Well, that's also a part of, like, the Morikawa thing, too, where I know Morikawa is going to make birdies and he's going to make bogeys. Part of the Spieth argument this week is if you're at a course that's harder, then everyone's going to make the bogeys that you're making. Like it's yeah yeah okay you, you throw him out at like RBC Heritage and people are going twenty four under speeds up there like hacking it into the woods and making triple bogeys so you, when no one else is they're going to be doing that this week just like he is Spieth over like Hatton and Scott Scott probably not over Hatton yes 
Over Scott, probably no. Because that might be like my drop down after Morikawa. But I'm I'm just really giving that a hard look at that number. Just like I'm giving Lowry a, a decent look at 70. But he's striking the ball really well. But now I'm into a range where do I really want to take these guys or do I just want to add another name up at the top? That's the decision that I need to come to this week. Like, is it worth it to bet? Like I said, do I want to go Reed and Fleetwood or Cantley? Or do I just want to pass on all those guys and like take four of these dudes? That's the decision that I'm trying to hammer down on. Let's talk about long shots, though, unless there's anyone else in this range you want to get to. Uh, a couple guys just to break down. Because he also, I mean, he has, answer has the Australian win, but there's, you know, everyone's sort of been waiting for him. Would this be, find this just way too big of an ass? Because he just hits it straight on a dime. Poor man's Morikawa with less skill. Yeah. I like, like he's a poor man's Morikawa. I guess the numbers double. Uh, really good with his long irons. I could see him playing really well here. Just he's been like a bizarro player yeah. over the past few. There events. are some people rocking huge numbers though. Uh, that, before be, it got yeah, like two fifty. Cool. I think like more like one twenty five, like one fifty before yeah. he became like in per se. Um, Putting well at the moment. Sneaky, but I guess at that price, there's just I don't know. You, you could bet Jordan Spieth. Maybe answer has a better chance of winning than Speed does. I just if this has to be a hard event in order for this to go really well for Speed. But people on the grounds think that's very in play. That's why I'm looking at Jordan Speed. It's just like when I take some long shots down this list, they're going to kind of fit that mold of yeah. could can they play really well? Like Brennan Grace had to withdraw because of COVID, but like. I, I don't know if I would necessarily be on him or not if he was playing, but if we get into a situation where it's like that type of event, you know who else tends to play really well at that type of event? Louis. I don't think I'm ever going to bet Louis, but no. probably Louis showed some straight a guy who can hit it literally straight on a line. But if he has to scramble, it's so you just give the give the point back. But everyone's going to make them. And then yeah, you got to decide to actually click confirm on betting Louis. Which is a tough ask. And it's still not that big. 75? 75 is a good number for him. For a guy who, like, he lurks in majors all the but time. But sometimes... It just, sometimes it just... It's kind of like how we are convinced Finau is going to win a regular event. Louis has been... I mean, he has a major, for one thing. And he has a second-place finish in no. all of the majors. Like, you flip one Sunday, one break the other way, and Louis has two majors all of a sudden. Like, if he's just going to consistently... So if he consistently puts himself into contention, why not? He'll be hyper popular in the uh, in the games, in the DraftKings. Louis never popular. He withdraws all the time, but not in majors. People don't like using Louis just like they don't like using Jason Day or Kevin Knott. They just don't use. Well, them. I would recommend him this week because he was hitting the ball straight as an arrow. Played really well at the U.S. Open at Pebble last year too. Jeez. Okay, I gotta look into him now. Hundred to one and beyond. Should we bet Chez Reeve at 100 to 1? Maybe. California I, golf. I know, like, California it, it, golf works for him. You get the extended each way. That's or, where I could put it in play like, here, Pat. I just bet him top 10 last week, and that was the move. Just bet him top 10. Tell Is he me. really going to win the PGA Championship? Huge ask. <laughs> Huge ask. But tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like he rides form. Like this guy goes or doesn't. He piggybacks the, these events, and he missed he missed a shorty on eighteen, and he missed a shorty. 
He stuck a par three. He missed like three shorties for birdie yesterday, I want to say. He also had two feet for birdie on 18 on Friday. Pushed it. He lost almost five strokes putting last week. He was like immaculate to a degree. I could extend it each way for a guy like that. One of my favorite. He'll pay 20 to one to come inside the top. It's one of my favorite uh, 100 to one double stars. Not going to lie. Maybe I'm just a sucker for the week. But again, this guy rides the form. I'm curious to see what happens with him in DraftKings this week. That is someone who's going to be immensely popular because he's going to be cheap. I might have to go eat that chalk. We'll see about that. Sorry, I'm getting extra shaky. I better chill the fuck out. You okay? No, I don't mean shaky like a problem. I mean, like, I'm just excited. So the other guys that I have starred right now from beyond 100 to 1, only one, two that I have bet so far. I bet Kevin Kisner at 150 to 1. I don't understand these odds whatsoever. Yep. Um, I, I get that Tom Lewis is great and everything, and he had a nice tournament. Like, you kidding me? Okay. Kisner fits the other side of the coin. Hit some fairways. It's on bent grass. Like, he's won a WGC. Yes. If this tournament wants to give life to guys that don't have the, like, insanely long off the tee, um, if the insanely narrow fairways seem to bite them, Kevin Kisner is as live a guy in this range. That's a great little find there. He shouldn't be that high. No, he really shouldn't. It seems bizarre to me that he is. So I bet him and I bet Sung Kang at 400 to 1. Oh, my God. If there's anyone who's going to flirt with a hole-in-one at this course and ruin Tim's bet, it's going to be Sung Kang. I swear to God, every single week on tour, they will just have like, and now let's cut away to Sung Kang. And he puts it like one inch on a par three every single week. And he's like made two as well. He like, no sold a hole in one, like right out of the restart, I guess. Cause the fans, but he no sold it pretty good after he was aware that he made it. He, uh, I believe he only has eight rounds of PGA championship experience, but like Jordan Smith has never lost strokes to the field was seventh at the PGA championship last year, despite, um, you know, just kind of lurking around. He's played really well in California at Riviera in the past. He melted down on Sunday at the WGC, but he was like kind of in the mix for a while. He's 400 to one. His top eight is going to pay 80 to one. Remember we hit Luke list at this tournament last year with the gigantic each way. I feel like Sung Kang could be that guy for us this week. It's 400 to one. Like, well, you don't need to bet a lot. You like your Luke list each way. Cause that's almost the same number. Yeah. I actually kind of do like Luke list here. So the other guys that I'm eyeing, for this event. Matthew Wallace. Matthew Wallace, 150 to 1, or down to 125 to 1 now. Joaquin Neiman, 125 to 1. Like, if you're going to play, like, if this just plays like it did at the match play, like, Neiman's going to be awesome. Just pure ball striking, let's go. Corey Connors? No. No, we're talking about winning a major here. You really think that Connors is on the level of Neiman? I think he can ball strike the shit out of something. I do agree. The ask of him winning is wet. No, like no, 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 no. Let no, me no, ask no. you this: Could you resign? No, no. no I, I, I want to ask class. you a very simple question. They're not in the same class. I, I just, just answer the question, please. Can you see Corey Connors winning this event? Yes or no? No. Can you see Joaquin Neiman winning yeah. this event? Yes. It fits. Not likely, but it's it's they're not in the same sort of class or prospect of, uh, of golfer. I love what Corey Connors does. He could stuff it. He could go have like the Luke list tournament from last year. 
where he's like kind of in it, but then it's going to get to Sunday. He's going to miss two foot putts. It'll that, come like seven. And guess what? That's happened like a lot. That happens regularly. Just look, at, been, look at Ben Ann. There, yeah, he is like Canada's Ben Ann. There's so many moments where I'm like, I'm so mad I didn't bet Corey Connors this week. And then he instantly just plays his way kind of out of it. But to be fair, it's Corey Connors. I mean, you got to get what you're going to get here, Pat. Um, if the place wants to raise its teeth, Danny Willett doing anything? No, he's been, ever since he like had that run in Detroit, he's been really bad. Since. He had a nice little memorial with a horrible Sunday. I, he shot like 12 over on Sunday, and he's like been broken since. <laughs> what has he played since? He played this, this last week. I think we was he last. <laughs> I don't know. Was he last? I wouldn't even have scrolled to the bottom on Sunday. Did, didn't have a great week. Maybe he can get it back together. Uh, I just think that the way that Wallace is playing right now, can't hit his irons for shit. But he's putting well. His scrambling and around the green is good. And he, he hits it really good off the I, tee. I like him in these events. He seems to thrive in them. You had mentioned Henrik Stenson, though. Yeah, Stenson's 100 to 1. I mean, that was his first tournament back last week. He played pretty well. He's going to hit fairways, he's going to hit long irons. What about. What about. So there were two other guys that I actually wanted to bring up. They're both 200 to 1. Nah and Glover. <laughs> is Lucas Glover going to win? Lucas Glover has won a major. No, I know. Tim but will point out. Even when I, anytime I want to bet, I mentioned Lucas Glover, you kind of like remind me. But is he going to win? But I know you could chase the, the range here. I like it. He stuffs it. Hits it long. Hits it straight. Uh, it's fine. Keegan Bradley? I was going to say Cameron Champ, 200 to 1. Like, if this does, like, I, I think you want to go with specialists if you're going to be down here and kind of hedge on the way this tournament's going to play. Like, if you want accuracy and irons, Kevin Na is excellent. I, I can't, like, almost like I couldn't believe that Kisner was 150. Like, why is Na 200? Na sucks me in every week. And he's been good to us, too. Like, he's paid, he's paid himself off. Like, even at Memorial two weeks ago, he finished with the top five. He got his each way. He does that again this week, and it's going to pay what? It's 45 to 1? It's not bad. Or if it goes like like pure bombers are the guys that you want to take, why not champ? He just played well at the WGC. When he's on, he can do what the guys you're going to pay, you know, for, for 30 to 1 for. And maybe shorter. He's, I mean, a, Cal- he's a California he, guy, he, isn't he? He has a skill set to overpower, of course, but... At 200 to 1, you know that's a slippery slope, even if he it's is t- doing It's it 200 to 1. Like, if he doesn't win, I'm not going to be, like, sweating it. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing bad to say. They're, uh, I like how you are sort of playing both sides of the uh, coin, how this plays out, especially with these bets. you got to be much more confident in how the tournament might play out with your when you're going to throw bombs shorter. Yeah, so like Nah and Kisner would fall into that sort of accuracy. Can they kind of grind it out? We've seen them play well at majors in the past. And then on the other side, go with Glover, you know, Wallace and the... Well, while I, I would say the Glover kind of falls... Champ. Champ and Wallace kind of fall into the other one along with Neiman. I don't know if I'm going to bet all these guys. Check in Wednesday when I figure out the end of my card. But Sun Kang, I'm actually in on it 400 to 1. And that's all I got. I don't. So let's get to the quick picks for the PGA Championship. 
I am going with Dustin Johnson. I have not settled on the number yet. It is currently 20 to 1. I'm hoping to get something bigger, so I'll wait, but I will eat the 18 if it ends up dropping. I'm going with Colin Morikawa at 35 to 1. I've bet Sung Kang at 400 to 1 and Kevin Kisner at 150 to 1. That is with a top eight each way. We have Hovland and M from earlier in the year, both at 125 to 1. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do from there. The guys that I'm looking at shortlist, I could bite on Xander and Cantlay. I could bite on Scott, Fleetwood, and Reed. I think that those are all very good options as well. And then, like, you have your Stensons. You have your Louis. Spieth is someone that I'm looking for a better number on. But, like, I'm trying to hold off. I don't need to make all my bets on a Monday morning. I can wait until Saturday. Or I can wait until Saturday. Wait until Sunday. No, can't wait until Sunday. Tim waits until Sunday. And yeah, then and then that's he, the guy that's minus like... That, that should be our move. We just save all our money for Sunday, see who Tim endorses, and just bet the opposite of that. Unfortunately, there's a handful of guys. So Tim has selected Ricky, Finau, and Streelman, and used Scott as his one and done. So who are you taking? I have bets on... Bryson at 28, Xander at 33, Berger at 80, Vic and M at 125. That is the card that I have. Now, ask me if a couple like $25, 30 chips that I threw months ago on those guys at the back are going to change how I'm going to bet this week. Absolutely not. Um, so there's still room to to do something fun. And I like the guys that you have sort of, I don't, want to go under 20 and I like the guys in Dustin and Morikawa and Cantley are all attractive fair numbers in my opinion so I can be looking there uh for for an ad and I expect to bet Tommy Fleetwood north of 50 to 1. He's a popular guy to bet on though is the one thing that I would caution against that I'm not cautioning against I don't know if he's going to go down or up but I could just see him staying there. I'll bet it at 50 then. Okay. I'm seeing 55s. I, 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 you're not going to put that number in my face. Well, That's you, you exactly be, what you're doing. You, you better go bet that now. Cause if I'm looking at 45 here, all of the books tend to end up around these numbers. Okay. I am not, you are not going to dangle that carrot in front of me. I will, I will eat it. And maybe that's exactly what the books want. One and done picks for the week. I mentioned that Tim has used Adam Scott as his. I told you to actually come prepared with a guy. Yeah, I've used none of the super elites, and I'm deeming I'm just going to use them. But you get to go first. I do. I'm going to use – I have – here are the guys I have available to me. I have Thomas, Rom, Cantley, and Rory all available to me in the one and done. I'd like to use Dustin because I'm going to be betting on Dustin, but I used him a few weeks ago, and he won, so I can't use him anymore. So I will. You can mark that down. You're going to use Dustin Johnson? Yeah, and I'm staring at it. Didn't use him. As I said, I got all the big boys left to try to catch you and and Tim. And we're just in big money now because it's this almost into a FedEx Cup. Yeah, the Wyndham is really the only one left. So what's after this? Wyndham. And then FedEx Cup? Yeah. Wow. But we're doing this through the Masters. So. Oh, we're, we're here, baby. So you wait till I start hitting winners at the Greenbrier again. Can't wait. I'm going to use Patrick Cantlay as my one and done. Should just use Rory, shouldn't I? I'll save Rory for East Lake if he can end up making it there. What are you looking at? You have a weird look on your face. I don't know. Someone sent a package to my old house. Okay. All right. There were a few guys, just rapid fire, that we did not talk about. 
I mark them down as we win. Because those are usually the guys that uh, end up doing well out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, but just we didn't give them the time of day. We did mention the name Webb Simpson. I, I, that was the first one I would have guessed. Who won across the street here. Won yeah. his U.S. Open across the street. Different courses, obviously. but Doesn't seem like this new rebirth web. This is a place for a rebirthed web. I Doesn't would... fit the mold of every track he's won since he's rejuvenated his life. That being said, or sorry, his golf game, his life has always been blessed. I'm certain of it. Uh, but like you said, we are down the street from the greatest accomplishment in his professional life. So there's got to be good vibes just in that itself alone. For all you know, he's staying in the same freaking residence and... He's a completely different world-class player now that I could expect to challenge that inside of him. And he's great with long irons if that ball is in the fairway. Mm -hmm. Jason Day, 40 to 1. The number really just dropped out on me. Dropped, dropped. You wish, you wish you could have been. I'm sure there's guys sitting on fancy ones, cup books, napping there. Uh, It's nice to see, right? He was a guy you really... I root for Jason. Yeah, Day. I root for Jason. But e- even, Day. even now, every time he hits a shot, he's just like wincing in pain. He's grabbing his back. It's like, oh my god! But he has like three consecutive top tens. He he's kind of back. He's hitting his irons again. He's driving the ball well. I I don't like the forty. Is the problem? Next, Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Sixty to one. It's a big number. Can I say one at Tory Pines? He's just been play, he played poorly for two weeks, and now he's sixty to one. Hold on, though, played poorly for two weeks, and I commend him. Me, he didn't play last week, Pat. Did he? Right, he, he did, took he it did. off. He said, "Screw a WGC." He's not. I mean, for the guy that'll never you know post without acknowledging getting the free money from a tweet, um, decided I'm going to pass free money at a World Golf Championship to literally work on something. So a forgotten entity here at 60 to 1. You said it. Those guys can pop. Like he does what's right. And remember I talked about like Rory has been driving the ball exceptionally well, but he hasn't been hitting his irons consistently, chipping or putting consistently. Rose, even though he missed the cut at Travelers, Workday, and Memorial, maybe just, I know Memorial had been like his, Muirfield had been his course in the past, maybe just wasn't this year. Still gained off the tee in every single one of those events since the restart. He's gaining strokes with his driver. The irons have either been good or bad. But I think we forget that he started off the restart third, 14th. at shorter courses, but hey, those were both par 70s. That's really well on bent grass. Justin Rose is one of literally the most demanding players, tinkering players of his equipment outside of Tiger Woods on the planet. I have been told this from horse's mouth who literally have worked with him at, at Taylor made. There's some guys, whatever he is so demanding of, of his equipment. And like a lot of these guys can feel the smallest things. I have no doubts this thing was in is in San Francisco. I have no doubts he's probably been in Carlsbad, California, like locking his shit in. Dangerous this week, actually. Forgotten and dangerous. But you know who won't be betting him? That, Me. That, but, that's but, why I didn't yeah. want to commit to the bets right now. Because what if, I mean, if let's say you're in with all of your bets and then all of a sudden Justin Rose drops to like 85 to 1. You're looking at like, probably should bet that. Like I have him to win the Masters at 50. Then, then there. Par 70, 7,400 yards. He is on a finite list of players 
who are incredibly accomplished who can who you would trust to tackle something like that and you trust him that if he's in the mix he's like even yeah, like of course. he was playing horrible going into the u.s open last year and all of a sudden he's day one leader at the u.s open it's like okay we, we, uh, we did a cut sweat show where he made the non the number and then almost won the freaking thing that was the british open yeah ridiculous who won that Brit? that was the molly british Molinaire. Yeah. yeah matt kuchar 90 to 1 time's running out on old matt is he ever going to get the major or not? Par 70, 7,400. Granted, it is a type of player. You're playing the other side, and the number is high enough where you can... Coastal course enjoys himself. Him and Graham McDowell enjoy themselves some coastal courses. I mean, you could sort of add, even though it's shorter, you could... I mean, he's 90 to 1, so you can make the case like that Kisner kind of case, right? I, yeah. As I, the other side of the coin It do, It does seem like Kisner and Kuchar have really come together in terms of skill set, like what their overall upside is the past few years, that you're just getting a significantly better number with Kevin Kisner. Phil, are we talking that about That was him? the last one. The king of the aviation himself, Phil Mickelson. I, I don't have high hopes for him here. Like, just not as a win. I I can't believe I became a Phil fan after years of hating the guy's guts. But I, I hope he's in, like, a featured group where I get to watch him in the trees on the left and then, you know, complaining to the rules official on the right and getting a free drop and then hitting a flop shot from, like, 30 yards out and somehow dropping it right next to the cup. He's just going to be entertaining to watch. I hope he makes the weekend. He's a great, like... He's a great early golf yeah, channel golf. Saturday, Sunday morning <laughs> in the first hour of coverage inside the cut line in the first 15 spots. Yeah, I need Phil to be like T56 yeah. going into the weekend and be like, oh, I turned on my TV. Oh, Phil's out. He's but, drinking but, his coffee. But I promise like the network loves that because they're like, we can get him in while not sort of feeling like we have to cater to him when the tournament is up for grabs. You know what they I They love Tiger in on the number. They love it. Oh, yeah. I it, mean, him winning Sunday and contending is, is, is peak, but but that is as good a consolation as they can ask for. There are very There's a very short list of players that you're just going to randomly see regardless of how they're playing. So if Tiger is playing poorly or he, like, starts his round on the back nine when the leaders are out on the front on a Sunday, they're still going to cut to Tiger to show his shots because he's Tiger Woods. They do the same thing with Phil. They still do it with Spieth. Of course. And do, you know what I, do you know what I noticed this week? They do it with Bryson now. Of course. Bryson? Yeah. The ratings go up with Bryson. People love to hate him. I love that he drew the same rules official last week as he got the week before. I'll tell you this. That guy's going to be famous in another month I, of Bryson I wouldn't rulings. want to play off a fire ant. Matthew Wolf also got screwed with a beetle on his ball, too. Matthew Wolf is a guy that is, uh, I hate this term, model popping, but I don't think, uh, I don't, I got no place for Matthew him. Wolf is either, <laughs> Matthew Wolf is like champ. It's like he's either really good or really bad. He has the, like, we've talked about Wolf a bunch of times. Like, he has winning upside, even in an event like this. But he can also just be dead last. Like, he's really bizarre. Even if you go look at his numbers from the WGC, like, I rostered him a ton last week on DraftKings, and he had two really good rounds and two just completely shitty rounds. And his driver was off. Either he's driving it well or he's not. I would say... Someone I got to ask you about. Because I would be curious about this player... Bo Hostler. No, 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 no. He's not here. But the initials are identical. And it seems like he you, you want You want some Billy Hill? It seems like he could fit a type. I don't know. Maybe more of a DraftKings no, I, player. But but I've seen a lot of good things 
about him this week at that 90 to 1. I was surprised how low he came in last week on the betting board, but I guess that was some St. Jude history that had to have. Yeah, he had, he, had four, he had four top 10s in his past six like starts. He was like 50 to 1 or 45 to 1 last week. I, uh, I just had to turn away on that. 23rd at the PGA Championship last year. He's, a, he's one of the few guys that hits it with distance and hits yeah. a bunch of fairways. Yeah. Like He shouldn't give himself a whole lot of problems. I, I, I don't hate it by any means. Like He's someone I want to do a deeper dive into, but I just, I just don't envision myself betting Billy Horschel to win a major. I just don't. Yep. I'd rather take Matt Wallace, no, I, <laughs> who probably I, has a way less chance of winning. I don't know. Something about Matt Wallace disagrees. And did we mention Bubba? No. Because I don't think that's unfair. He loves, I mean, it's hard. You don't know if it's a Bubba place. And I don't know how many dog legs he's got to cut here. There's a bunch, but he has the perfect shot shape uh, for this. He was two and one at the match play, but did not advance out of his group. He could be a sneaky little guy who's been playing with a smile for, for a couple of months. For, well, I should say a couple of months. We haven't been playing now. Uh, but he's been playing with a smile, doing a lot of things right. Uh, loves Riviera. Cali. 110 to 1. I don't know. I mean, would you not? Cam Ch- Bubba at 110 might be better than Cam Champ at 200 or no? Yeah, you're probably right on that. Bubba is probably a better bet than Cam Champ is. But I'm more playing for the, like, if I'm going to bet those, I want to see what, like, the top five or the top tens are. But, like, that top that top eight on the 200 Really nice. And with Bubba, it feels like he's going to win or like miss the cut by a thousand strokes. Like there's no like seventh place finish for Bubba. But even last week, like it seemed like he was playing really well. He came 25th. He missed the cut at the 3M. It seemed like he was playing really well at Memorial. He came 32nd. Then he had missed three cuts in a row before that. Does it seem like he's playing really well because he is one of those players the TV will give us? No, it seems like he's playing really well because he'll make like five birdies in a row and then he'll just like dump it all back. Well, a guy that is kind of playing really well who I never bet, but with these insane each way things, Ryan Palmer at 175 do anything because he hits it. I think on paper, yes. Okay. In practice, no. (laughs) You could almost say that with Lucas Glover, but I, you rely I, I, on him having a major. Yeah. <laughs> he's done it. It was yeah. like over a decade ago. He's done no, it. I, I agree. I agree. Everything you said. I, I don't think I'm going to end up betting Glover, but like realistically, why Palmer over someone like Brennan Steele, who is a very similar type of player who wins in California? He wins the Safeway, but. I don't. I'm not betting either, but. Palmer hits it, can hit it a mile. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've... um, You've exhausted our fun here? I'm looking forward to seeing the first potential outside of Adida guys, which have been well organized. I hope the kits are in order this week. Because we haven't really had kits scripting since we've returned to play. I guess Nike's just wear what you got in your closet. But... uh, I'd like to see some official scripting out of all the camps this week uh, come tournament play because I saw the early I've been sent some stuff early in the year before COVID before everything went to shit that showed me all the major scripting and I was really impressed with some of the uh, looks for the PGA championship. That's my last take. WGCs and majors results for this player. 20th, 3rd, 38th, 20th, 43rd, 8th, 36th, 22nd, 17th. Where is this player on the odds board? 160 to 1. I was looking at him. 
That would have been my first guess. I wish I just said it out loud. EVR. EVR. He's another guy who everyone just like got burned by him at the 3M. But he looked pretty good last week. He's another one who tends to gain off the tee unless he's putting it into the middle of the same lake eight times in a row at the 3M. It's just overall kind of solid. He's like a he's like good European Luke List. Yeah. I could I could see myself. See myself around EVR. That might be more of a DraftKings play, though. I'm trying to not get those two things conflated. Well, I saw, I, I watched your, listened to the show, your first look, and you're already dreading that you're going to roster Griot. And he got himself into the tournament, too. <laughs> I was just hoping he wouldn't be in the tournament, that I well, wouldn't have to roster Griot. I look forward to us together here, 8.30 p.m. on a Friday. And me, like, freaking out <laughs> yeah. about Griot? Yeah. Hopefully he's in, like, the late, early wave, just so he's not on the screen when we're going. He's, oh, he's going to ruin my life, I feel. <laughs> uh, although, watching him wilt down the stretch at the Barracuda kind of did some relief for me. He stares down a hole more than it, like more than anyone. He also, but he doesn't think the putt should go in per se. He's not like Spieth, like snobby like that. But J- he Justin, wants Justin to, like, Thomas is the same way. Thomas wants, like can't believe it didn't go in. Griot's just like I can't putt. Like it's like when Ben Ann is out there, he missed one putt. I think it was on the first hole, <laughs> round four. He missed it by like four feet, like outside. I'm f- scared shitless. Brooks Kepka is going to give us nothing to do this weekend. Uh, me you too. want the honest to God's truth? I uh, agree. I'll close on that. I was talking about kits. Said that was my last word. No, I am scared. I'm going to have nothing to do Sunday because I, and I've cleared my weekend and I got two kids and not really the weekend, but the evening. Um, and he's just going to ruin it. It's just going to ruin it at 10 to one. It's, it's going to be going to ruin it. It's going to have three freaking Wanamakers. They're the size of a house. Each of them. Um, I believe that in my, Article, the official empirical unit of measurement is a half Rory. Is a what? Half Rory. (laughs) And we've been trying to get out forever, but can we leave without acknowledging Bryson's quest to live? Well, Tim said it can't be done. And then then Tim claimed he was healthier than Bryson. No, he didn't. He did. When I was talking to him. Based on what? He said Bryson eats a lot of red meat. Tim, who eats a sleeve of two sleeves of Oreos, Oreos for dinner and calls it a and, night. And smokes two packs of cigarettes a day. It doesn't work out. Bryson's the unhealthy one. Listen, if anyone out here is going to live to 140, I bet you it's Bryson. He'll will it to live. He'll develop some sort of artificial heart so he can live. Kind of hope Bryson wins. Oh, I would like that. I'll leave with that. I, I'm pro Bryson. I kind of hope he wins. Bryson Brooks Sunday? No, because I'm not betting on Brooks. So I don't want him to be there on Sunday. How about a Dustin Bryson? Dustin Bryson, Kisner, Kang. Those are the final four. I'll, I don't know. No, because the magic of this, even if the card goes to shit, is I still want Sunday that's magical and pairings. And as I've spit the hyperbole for so long... Almost a year, and it's been a year since we've had a major, the hyperbole of the greatness... The hyperbole of where we are in the history of the sport that I believe this time right now will be looked back on as 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 an all time moment in the history of the game. And now we're getting that major and I want the pairings to be worthy unless they're going to have Kevin Kisner in them, of course. (laughs) 
Are you worried that Tim said that there's no chance that Justin Thomas could win back-to-back tournaments? <laughs> what did it, well, he came on here and was ridiculous and gave ridiculous, that surprises you and gave ridiculous picks that I'm not going to be able to defend that it's all shtick other than the fact I know him and he he literally he has made you mad with his picks is what he has done. Yeah, but you got me off being mad. But I feel like he's just trying to bother me like when he picked the Chargers to win the Super Bowl and Rivers to win MVP. Like, I don't know how he genuinely believed that. I feel it was an effort by him to bother me. And part of me actually thinks you orchestrated it with him. That is not true. The world is not out to get you, Jeff. No, I don't think the world's out to get me. But I think it was like, you know, it'd be a great idea, Tim. Do this on our NFL you season. You think I preview. coordinate with Tim about what he's going to say? I'm, <laughs> the crazier, I'm the better. Sorry. I'm sorry, but that I, felt I know, so... It, you feel like it's a personal attack on you, which I find very humorous. When he does something like that, it feels personal because these aren't guys that should be picked to win. They're just guys but that you I picked like. them to win. Not this week, but I have before. Oh, you don't think by the time that we get to Wednesday that you're going to be like, well... I'm having a good year. I'm going to throw on Ricky Finau and Woodland, too. You don't think that's coming? Give that isn't bre- coming. Give me a break. But I've had a good year that I could do whatever I want. But I'm not. Because I'd rather take a bite with uh, maybe your favorite pick this week. Because I can't hear you call that guy's name to win the major and me not be like I. That's just it for me. He's got to add number two. Dustin Johnson having one major is the maybe most egregious thing in the sport. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's not right. He's got the same as Keegan and Duffner, and he shouldn't be in a Lucas conversation Glover. with them. Like, it's time to leave Better that. career, Lucas Glover or Dustin Johnson? Stop it. No, because he's done these things, the win every year stats. Like, he's in a pantheon place. Well, not really. That That's a high level, but he's... he's Everything about his his resume puts him in a place except that one trophy. Should be four. It's like a nose hair from being Brooks it frustrates me. But he's not. Not alpha like that. That'll do it. The Pat Mayo experience. Follow Jeff on Twitter at GFeinberg17. Follow me on Twitter at the PME at noon Eastern on Wednesday. I will be doing millionaire maker ticket giveaways on my twitter feed for a two-hour period so you're going to be wanting to follow along with me on that tuesday DraftKings picks live chat 12 30 p.m eastern time on wednesday on the DraftKings youtube channel and that stuff will all be up on the audio podcast feed on demand after the fact so rate it five stars and subscribe and go tell some friends about the pat mayo experience become a member at fantasynational.com today by using fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off in the Pat Mayo Listeners League. We've been filming so long, it's I assume it's full by now. But if it's not, you can find the link in the description of this video and podcast, just like you can to my article and the First Look Show, which I recommend that you check out. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!